And we're off. Oh, here I am in person for that. That's right. That's right. Live in the studio. Kind of wanted to beat you to the punch, but that's your gig. I'll let you have it. That's my line. (laughs) Um, And actually not in a studio. It's actually Effie's office. Yes. But he's gone. (laughs) That's the best thing. As people might be able to tell at this point. I also just knocked off the... um, the mic off the desk and I'm trying to multitask and put this back, back on. <laughs> that happened to me when I recorded the day of your accident last year. Oh, with that's right. And I was in my sling from my shoulder surgery and I knocked the mic off and I was totally helpless and trying to fix that situation. Was that the last, was that the last podcast you've done? Yeah, that's the only one. The only one. Megan Carney back in the house. Um, as as she referenced, the last time she did it was post bike accident or day of bike accident. Day of, yeah, that's right. Let that settle in. But FB is gone, kind of on a companions retreat. I don't really know what to call it. I think it was a getaway with some of his boy crew, and Megan is filling in. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to the studio. <laughs> um. Yeah, Megan works with me in the development office. And for what, a year and a half? Year? Yeah, year and, year and a half. That's right. Yep. I guess we are in the summer. That's right. Um, and has been awesome. So thanks for being the, the homie in that one. Um, we are the dream team. That's right. And so here we are. Um, last week, FB and I spoke about, ready to do a short one. But we spoke about, can you be a wealthy Catholic? Mm. Um, which is just such an interesting topic. And I kind of wanted to dive in. I've been diving, dying to do a podcast, because you and I are both at it, on Father Stu. Yes. I, don't, I don't think FB will ever actually watch the movie. Um, really? I don't know. I feel like he is kind of by... like flies by the seat of his pants or however, whatever that saying is that I don't think he would go out of his way to watch it. Mm. If it was on or if it was like provoked, I think he would. I don't think he has any issues. I think that'd be with any movie recommendation. Yeah. He's just not going to initiate that. That's activity. it. I don't see him sitting down to watch it. Yep. So we were both there. Um, and kind of along the lines of being, a wealthy Catholic and or trying to focus on um, poverty or any of that kind of stuff is kind of the premise of Father Stu. I personally, and we have kind of a, if you haven't watched it, a little summary um, that's pulled up but of the actual movie. But for me, it may have been my favorite movie of all time. Why was it so powerful for you? And I genuinely mean that. I think it was so powerful for me. (sighs) I think two things, actually. I think we've had so much going on in the world. Bishops coming out, you know, Archbishop Aquila just came out and said any of the, um, I, I, and I'm going to butcher this, but like senators, whoever voted on the abortion Mm, laws um, that were kind of slammed through recently recommended should not receive the Eucharist. Corderleone did it in San Francisco. And, but 
you do have Biden, who's a Catholic, Pelosi. It's very confusing, and especially for myself, as I'm trying to like explain Catholicism to my friends that are either Christian or not. Like when I was in Orange County two weeks ago, mm. my best friends are Christian um, that were down there. And on Sunday, he was like, dude, before you guys leave, you should come to uh, church with us. Oh. And he goes to like a Protestant church. And, and uh, genuinely, I probably would have. Yeah. I would have had to do both. Um, which was Steph during our dating journey. <laughs> but it was kind of this awkward moment, though, of being like, yeah, but we got to go to mass. Yeah. You know, like you guys go over there where we have to go to this special one. Right. And so then it kind of brings up, well, like it gets confusing when public figures show otherwise and yeah. kind of what contradicts what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they're not helping your at all. <laughs> it really, really hurts. <laughs> So that leads me to Wahlberg, who, and I've heard this numerous times, like he's not a great Catholic, I guess, or like can be judged in that sense. And I know he just partnered with the Hallow app or whatever it's called. But oh yeah, um, for me, he's been a real testament and like somebody that I can point to as like, I don't know, like a social figure that there's nothing better than on Ash Wednesday. Mm. Wahlberg, I, first of all, I don't know who he goes to as his priest because he gets like the perfect cross <laughs> on his forehead. So true. Every time I've had it, it's like on my eyebrows and people are like, dude, you got like printer ink on your face. What yeah. the hell is that? He's got his makeup artist. That's right. He, but he owns it and he'll do yeah. he, for Father Stu. He was on a tour, media tour. And that day he went from like Mexico to Florida to Whoa. somewhere else. And um, he had the cross. And like all, that on all of it wow. and did it for all his media stuff, which was just really cool. And it kind of like, for my mind, that is more powerful um, to like bring up curiosity mm -hmm. and kind of openness for people. Cause they're like, Whoa, he's Catholic. Now they may have said stuff before as I believe his wife said something about Abortion, I don't know, but it, it's something kind of questionable. And that's kind of like the next phase of Catholicism. But oh, it kind of brings up stuff where like, even as simple as like Mario Lopez is another guy <laughs> who's like a public Catholic. I don't know his faith. I don't know him, any of that kind of stuff. But for me, that was really rad to see Wahlberg out there doing that. And he did interviews with um, uh, Bishop Barron and then the bishop out of New York. Um, Dolan. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. who it is? Mm -hmm. And did like these really cool interviews. And that got, you know, it just kind of like raises the, like, I don't want to say awareness, but curiosity in people of like, whoa, they're Catholic. Stop people in their tracks. Yeah. Um, and the fearlessness in that, that he's this public figure who's got a lot to lose. That's right. And he just puts it out there without any shame yeah. or self consciousness. He just boldly putting it out there for all to see because his forehead is not covered. That's right. <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, and not Catholic, but I read, um, I think it's called green light. Uh, I didn't read audio book, <laughs> audio book. Let me that clarify. Counts. Let me clarify. Um, uh, Matthew McConaughey's. Oh, I don't know that one. It's, it's really good. 
um, and it's kind of his journey. But when he accepted an award and got up there and thanked God and was like really, like really kind of dives into it, into his faith, a big Christian. And he in the book talks about how the night before he had a dinner with a bunch of like Hollywood people, they said grace, you know, like thank God before the meal, all this kind of stuff. And everyone was kind of like on board. But then when he did it in his acceptance speech, mm. go silent. And all the people <laughs> that were at his dinner, like, didn't want anything to do with it because there's like the repercussions in Hollywood of being upfront with your faith. Yeah. So for Wahlberg, who's at that point, I think I just saw it the other day, he's selling his home in LA for like $89 million. Whoa. So he's at a point in Hollywood that, almost too big to fail. Yeah. But he's been that way his entire journey. Mm -hmm. Is adamant about his holy hour. He's like super structured. Yep. If you kind of dive into him, which is just really rad to me and kind of inspiring. Um, it's kind of like looking up in my previous life of like to an athlete. Mm -hmm. Like you see that role model. Again, same as an athlete. I don't know what they're doing on a Saturday night. And it's not necessarily for me to judge. But so... That was one thing for me of like how cool around Easter to have a Hollywood figure and movie and Mel Gibson and something to just kind of like people will see it that aren't Catholic. Yeah. And it can inspire them to at least look into it. Go join the goofy wording of RCIA and <laughs> um, go through the six month process. But that to me, so that's number one. Number two was Father Stu's actual journey. Yeah. And especially for me, not being a cradle Catholic. And I mean, quite honestly, living a, um, I don't want to say similar, but you could chalk up a similarity in the story of my own. Yeah. Going through that, um, the wild 20s, I guess, and college and all that. And, um, did a lot of stupid things and could have, could have been on a much different path. Um, but watching that kind of play out in father Sue's journey to me was like the epitome of, I don't want to say Catholicism, but I don't know. I found it super inspiring and hopeful for people. Um, I had a really good buddy of mine from college recently who I haven't stayed in touch with, but I know he went down a really rough path yeah. since someone college broke his back mm. and got addicted to painkillers, had to quit football and painkillers led uh, down a more serious path, a lot of heavy drugs yeah, and has since been in rehab. And I went onto his Instagram page recently and it was all scripture quotes. Mm. And I kind of started to think about like in faith sometimes where it's like, even in my own journey, I hit rock bottom. Yep. He hit rock bottom. And now you kind of have this like feeling of like crawling towards faith. Yeah. Um, Cause you kind of feel that. And, but the thing I've kind of noticed, like if I come out and say things that I've done, in my experience, people have like tensed up and are like, 
like Catholics have tensed up yes. listening to you. Yes. Ooh. Where it's like, and I, <laughs> it's kind of like you say, you know, I went to this party, this is what happened. And I'm trying to be like super honest about it. Yeah. And it's kind of like a, uh, and like, oh, you, I, you, I don't know if it's just me, but like, I feel that judgment. Like I yeah. feel that kind of thing. Oh, that's painful. And so the number one, and we, so we still got to, I want to get your thoughts, but also dive into the summary of it. But the number one thing that as soon as the movie was done and hearing the feedback, like right away, yeah, the number one thing was either what I noticed was people either absolutely loved it or they absolutely hated it. And a big issue was the cussing. Ugh. <laughs> and I have since censored myself because on a cruise, told me little Aiden was in the car and I, I forget what I had said, but I tend to not shy away probably more so than I need to, but none of that kind of bugs me. But I was like, how do you not like the movie on the whole, but instead kind of cut it out just based on that. And so that was pretty interesting to me, but the movie itself and seeing the journey Man, I cried, laughed, you know, we had probably the worst seats in the spot. So my neck was like, we were like row two, um, <laughs> but I still loved it. I don't know. I found it super impactful. Yeah. I mean, I am a cradle Catholic and I loved it also. I cried and I laughed. Like, I just thought it was fantastic because it was inspiring, because it was so real. I, I think if you take, maybe we should dive into the his background but if you take his story and you scrub it clean of all the mess of his past it loses all meaning and right. all authenticity and if it's not authentic i don't know if people want to watch it and if people don't want to watch it it doesn't matter what your message is that's right you're not going to get it out there i thought it was so do you have the summary i do so we we should yeah. read that so for people that don't know um father stew was somebody mark Wahlberg did not know him personally but I think Wahlberg's um, pastor had kind of told him about it and it inspired Wahlberg to then want to write the movie, but it took years for him to get traction on it. Okay. So the summary is based on a true story. Father Stu is an unflinchingly honest, funny, and ultimately uplifting drama about a lost soul who finds his purpose in a most unexpected place. When an injury ends his amateur boxing career, Stuart Long, played by Mark Wahlberg, moves to L.A. dreaming of stardom. While scraping by as a supermarket, supermarket clerk, he meets Carmen, a Catholic Sunday school teacher who seems immune to his bad boy charm. He's determined to win her over. Longtime agnostic starts going to church to impress her. But surviving a terrible motorcycle accident leaves him wondering if he can use a second chance to help others find their way leading to the surprising realization that he's meant to become a Catholic priest. Then, despite a de devastating health crisis and skepticism of church officials and his estranged parents, Stu pursues his vocation with courage and compassion, inspiring not only those closest to him, but countless others along the way. So, I would think in the boxing world less being estranged from his parents. Like there's a lot in his background that sort of leads him to a rougher life. So I think, how can you scrub all that clean? Right. And when you like, 
you idolize things. And that was, again, I think looking, I like started to take notes here. Cause I was like, it's pretty, I feel pretty similar in that journey. Mm-hmm. Like you are trying to aspire to something. You have this false idol mm-hmm. of whatever it is, fame, money. You know, my goal was always to, you see those stories, um, where somebody makes it to the NFL and then they go and buy their parent a house. Like Mm, I always wanted to be able to turn around and give my mom that house. Um, and then when it all comes crashing down, it's a really nasty place. So to go from aspiring to that, then in the movie, he's, um, working at, you know, the Mm -hmm. deli counter, the me counter, whatever it was. Um, it's super humbling and depressing and all the above. And so when he starts to kind of go after that stuff, but then even seeing, and it reminded me there too, of like, as he was going through it and really diving into his faith and being passionate, he then had the roadblocks of the church, right? canon law and blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I've also felt that like working in the church, like I've gone from, um, being confirmed to working in the church and just kind of seeing the inner workings and it can be challenging on your faith, like super challenging because it becomes different from just going to mass and worshiping and praising God to there's a lot of conflict and tug of war and things that, you know, all funnel up to the top and there's this final decision fair or not, or any of that kind of stuff. And so when he started to go through that, I felt that as well. And then there was like certain scenes that were just like the difference of, I don't know, I guess I, I appreciate a priest who has gone through life yeah, and has struggled. And it's not to say that priests don't, but I think there's a difference of somebody that comes out of high school into the priesthood, which is awesome. Like I, totally commend that. That's great. But for my own self in the journey, it can be like really inspiring to hear somebody that was like, you know, they entered the priesthood later and really struggled and came to that point. Um, and that was father Stu's journey of like, there is that, no, I, I really do understand what you're saying in confession right now. Like it's different. I don't think you experience a lot of that in high school. I would argue you don't, but then to go on and kind of have that. And, and again, there's a lot of wisdom out of all the priests, but there is something I really appreciated about Stu's journey. And I felt that when they went in, him and his buddy um, seminarian at the time went into the prison oh, yeah. and they were trying to talk. And the one priest like had no idea um, what to say. Like to these prisoners and not that I would, I would find that super difficult. Yes, for sure. But yeah, it kind of speaks to the body of Christ. Like it takes all kind, like you need those people who have been, I suppose, faithful and not had those big life upheavals to inspire those people who are like them also. But you also need, you know, a lot more people are probably in this real life situation where there's a lot of brokenness. Yeah. And wounds and so forth. And they've been through stuff. And so they can be magnetic and evangelize in a way that the others can't who have not had those struggles. It feels like there's like a, almost like a beauty to it. Um, 
Because again, that's where it's like, it's funny sometimes for me, especially again, I remember I got eaten alive for the St. Michael comment, uh, um, not knowing it. Uh, and I still kind of bumble through it. Um, it hasn't been like a priority for me. It's not a character flaw. Right. Thank you. <laughs> like that, that to me was like, wait, what? Like how, like, okay, I get it. But there's so many prayers. Like how that, how am I supposed to know this? Um, literally without like walking in with like the notebook, which by the way, in the pews where it does kind of have where a walk through a little bit, yeah. that thing is garbage. It's <laughs> all over. You have to like jump pages. That's true. It's horrible. It's extremely, I've said this before. It's extremely difficult to become Catholic. Yeah. If, if you were not raised in it. Right. Um, I remember, remember when we had Dr. S <laughs> Dr. Sex and he was talking to the teachers and uh, Mr. Beach, Andrew Beach, Andrew Beach, like led us in prayer. And I had no idea what was happening. Like it, it was like uh, the Angelus or I forget what it was. Uh, there was something before lunch too. Like, yeah. And everyone kneeled. I think that was the Angelus, but he did another one also. I can't remember what it was. Like, yeah. Unless you're like fully indoctrinated into the whole. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, wait, what? I went home and Steph was like, oh yeah, they got you on the Angelus. And I yeah. was like, what is the Angelus? Like, where did this come from? I'm used to like the Walmart Protestant come in, listen to Hillsong and you're good to go. Um, so when it came to Father Stu, it was like, just that real authentic like journey. Yeah. But I think you, well, you pulled it up right before that we were looking. I saw last night on a commercial, Father Stu was coming out on, it's funny, it's no longer like out on DVD. It's uh, out on digital format or whatever it is. Um, but at like the top, it had said like Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 95 or yeah. something like that. But when you pulled it up, what were the yeah. rate? It was, I think it was critics. 43 audience 95 yeah yeah which to me makes sense yeah yeah that's probably pretty predictable after Just <laughs> after like the mcconaughey thing of like publicly yeah. like in hollywood i feel like there would be a harsh critique yeah probably even for the whoever the critics are who get to have a vote in that yep it probably is hard for them even if they did think the film was great Yep. Like there's all this pressure to not say that they thought the film was great. Or maybe it's not the most critically well put together film of all time, but still it elicited this emotional reaction of the audience that made it worthwhile. So, yep. yeah, I to me, what was so powerful about it and like what's powerful about his story and your story and so many people like you is that. And it's, that was just a great contrast with the complicated prayers in the church and so forth. Like just this purity of the simplicity of an encounter with Christ, knowing you're loved uniquely, individually, infinitely, and responding to that. So it's not like the externals don't matter at all, but at the heart of it is this encounter with Christ. And he, he didn't know all the like, rules and regulations about how do you become a priest? He just threw himself in wholeheartedly because he loved God and he knew he was loved by God. And that's all. He just didn't want any barriers to that. Like yep. it was just so 
beautiful in its purity. I also find it interesting too, where it's like, it took him in the motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. And I think in that moment, Mary showed up that also, mm -hmm. that actually, gosh, <laughs> oh. I need to watch this again. It was almost your life. That, that was where Steph, I looked over oh. and Steph was broken. She was crushed. Because it was similar to the bike accident. Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> knowing we were in the theater together, we weren't sitting together, but knowing you were there, I could hardly stand it. Just knowing how similar it was and yeah. knowing poor Steph was there watching a lot. But yeah. <laughs> I joke because I was like, man, he had Mary show up. I, for anyone that listened to that podcast, I had like some old dude shirtless holding my <laughs> hand, uh, you know, and I was still really stoked on the whole situation, but you know, I don't know. Felt like the Sandlot moment where I was like, how did I not get, what's her name? Becky, the lifeguard or whatever. <laughs> um, but still very grateful. And it led to my tattoo on my leg and, and like a lot of things. Um, it changed my life forever as it did Stu. And I don't know, I found it super impactful. Um, again, probably one of my most favorite movies. How is it? The one thing I walked away and I was like, now having Gianna and being a parent and like, you know, you like handling right before this, you get your phone call and trying to, you know, the girls and this and that, and you got off and I was like, I can't wait. But how do you like for your daughters, three amazing daughters for Gianna and, and hopefully many more kids after Gianna raising from the standpoint of like, they will ultimately be, cradle catholics yeah you know steph runs that department and there will no be and i and i wouldn't want it any different like yeah. there's no way i really want that for them but i also want to raise kids in a way that are like there is a reality of life yeah. like sometimes i feel like there can be a bubble in a community of like you know even at <laughs> even at lord sometimes like we joke since i've been here there's been one fight yeah, like one altercation <laughs> among boys. And I was like, dude, that to me is it's good. It's not a bad thing. I think, yes, it's never good to fight, but boys will be boys and things need to be handled. And there is a reality to that. And so growing and, and um, raising kids in that light, the question being like, as I look at it for Gianna, like, how do I provide that also the other side and the beauty of it? Like, I feel like, and I've hung around Delaney the most, yeah. but I feel like she has a really good perspective and just like pure eyes when looking at people, like not mm -hmm. judgment, but can like, I don't know, she, well, and one, it's her delivery, just like the softest, most <laughs> gentle voice of all time. But like, how did you, or how do you kind of navigate that? And especially as the kids get older, where things get more real, like it's no longer like, Oh, you stole my tether ball. Like <laughs> now going through high school and, and one in college, like how does that, how do you kind of get through the, um, father stew scenario? Boy, that, that is tricky because you, there's so much desire as a parent to want to shelter and protect and put them in this bubble of, um, being able to see things through the eyes of faith and just pour that into them. 
as they're growing up. And I have feared a lot. Like you mentioned the Catholic bubble. Like I have had that fear about um, having them so isolated that they just don't get the bigger world out there or they're not going to be equipped to handle it or that they're not going to be able to be kind and charitable and charitable in the way of assuming the best in others, seeing the good in others. And then recently I had this experience with Regan, my middle daughter, and I was just touched to the core. Like I did not know how this was going to all play out. But anyway, I took her to a makeup store to help her get some makeup. And the only person who was there to help us was a trans man. And, you know, I don't think Regan has ever been in a conversation or yep. interacted particularly. And he was gentle and wonderful and just fantastic with her and trying to find her some under eye concealer <laughs> and was just a really nice person. And he, it was just an interaction about makeup. And when we left, I was like, just trying to ask her, I'm like, you okay? You know, everything seemed to go well. And her response was, he's doing something with his life. That's trying to help people. He's just trying to help people. And I just was so struck by her um, seeing his heart and seeing his motivation and seeing what he's doing in the world. Like he's, he helped her in a small thing of makeup, but he's trying to do something that just helps people. And that's how she saw him. That was what she took away. So she has been in a bit of a bubble. I think it's in part being classically educated. I, you know, we try to talk to them about real things. Ryan and I have just real conversations in front of them. Um, I mean, we laugh a lot. We have fun together a lot. But we also try to just talk about the bigger things in life that matter. And we do that with them in front of them and so forth. I don't think they're entirely sheltered. Um, but I think also this classical education, I think, you know, last week Rosemary and Father Brian talked about classical education. That I think that really helped feed into this because you – their whole person is being formed, and in that they're seeing the whole person in other people as well, not just reducing them to actions or some choices or, you know, it's just... Physical appearance. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I didn't expect you to go the classical route there. I, well, I did just because I can't... I mean, it's God, first and foremost. But Brian and I cannot take all that credit either. I think, you know, she's been in this environment, which is, which I think some people can think about the fear of, oh no, they're just sheltered. They're just in the bubble and they're, they don't know anybody different from them. Yeah. So they go out and they see somebody different from them and what's their initial response Freak out. for her it yeah. was, look what good he's doing. You know? That's awesome. What if I would imagine, um, Regan would want to go to Hillsdale. But FB completely disagreed with uh, Julia, Steph's sister, and myself about, you know, the CU approach mm -hmm. and, and kind of being in that environment. Julia came from the perspective of it's really strengthened her faith. Yep. What if Regan wanted to go to CU or whatever, Cal Berkeley, you know, yep. throw it really in the thick and go to uh, SC, I feel like it's more conservative, but a uh, UCLA maybe? I don't know. 
Oregon. <laughs> what? Um, oh, you dub Washington. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then you're in the thick of it, even for the Catholics out there. Yeah, my husband's um, just graduating with his master's out there right that, now. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like the openness there. Um, I mean, I I can honestly see that both ways. I mean, I was a cradle Catholic, went to see you. I can't say that's where my faith got stronger. But I don't know if you know this about me. I dated an atheist. Nice. For a good long time. <laughs> Let's die. How? What does that mean? <laughs> a good long time. It. I mean, we started dating in high school. We dated in college. A little mm. bit after college, so it was an on again. Off yep. Again. Yep. One of those. Yeah. I had so that. Good long time. Yep. And um, that strengthened my faith a lot because he and I would battle it out all the time, and so I really had to learn my faith know why I thought the way I thought, know, you know, what the church taught and why and so forth. And so that was a great catalyst for me to go deeper. And that's ultimately why we broke up. Like, yeah, finally I got clarity around. That's nice that it, it's deepening my faith, but I, this doesn't make us a match. <laughs> it's not, we're not helping each other get to heaven. Right. Right. So anyway, so yes, I, hundred percent think there is great value in great solid Catholics being a witness out there in some more liberal places. I think it's a lot to ask. I mean, praise God for stepsisters. I think it's a lot to ask for, of young people who are still being formed to be able to go and withstand that. Yeah. Especially today. There's just not a lot of room made for being holy, yep. being faithful. Um, so for Regan, it's, for me, not wanting her to go to a big school, that's a different thing. I think she just needs a more nurturing, smaller environment with oh, okay. the chaos of just the numbers of people. Um, I don't know that it's going to be Hillsong at all. I don't think that it will be, which is totally fine. Just yeah. To give her a shout in case she ever listened to this. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. To go to go anywhere you want. Find your own road. Go to CU, although it's, you know. A thousand people in your yeah. <laughs> whatever 101 class. Yeah. It's funny, as you were saying that too, with yeah. yesterday, Steph had to write a thank you card to someone she met for uh, work. And in that meeting, the guy had asked her, um, the question was basically like, how would you define success, maybe? I don't know if it really said like at the end of your life, how would you define success or something like that? Mm. But in the card, she answered it because on the, like on the spot, she didn't answer it the way she wanted to. And this is, you know, I've no, we have no idea his faith background or anything. And uh, she wrote in the card, I've thought about your question. Um, I really appreciated it. At the end of the day, I want God to look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant or whatever yeah. the deal is. And for me though, it like, so I was like, man, that takes a lot of strength. Yeah. Like you're, this is your business meeting and to throw that in and she's not apologetic about it and could lose a deal or whatever it is. Like, you know, I would have probably <laughs> put, <laughs> put something more like, you know, be happy, my family, whatever, just trying <laughs> to play it more safe. Sure. Um, but I, so I do see the aspect though of like, when you go to school, it, it is a battle. Um, 
But then that's where like, in my mind, I do kind of look back on even my own journey or father Stu, And like, it would be so hard if Gianna went off the Richter scale in a totally separate direction. But I think the one thing I would hold is like, okay, they're going through that path. I've tried my best to raise them. Right. But like, I also know there is hope to come back yeah, and potentially even come back stronger. Yeah. You know, like my challenge, like I, when I was getting defensive about the same Michael stuff, like, okay, great. You know, the prayer from first grade, but tell me exactly what it means. Like, you know, like that's great. You memorized it, but at the same time, like, and I don't know it, but to me, that is always kind of like the hope. And even seeing that my buddy that got hooked on drugs and, mm. and this and that, and then now coming back to his faith, like if you pull back and look from the bird's eye view across the whole lifespan of like, okay, they went off the deep end here, obviously yeah. not encouraging that, don't want that. But if that happened, there is kind of that father Stu hope later in life. Yeah. Which again, that's kind of like, being reactive not necessarily <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know like you think as catholics we are supposed to love a good conversion we're supposed to be praying for the conversion of the yeah. whole world and we're also supposed to be praying for these people who have harmed us or who i don't know something in their past yeah and we have to have hope and prayer also always about that conversion i mean look at saint paul like he just gives me so much hope all the time because he was um going from persecuting Christians to becoming our great, great hero. Like yeah. it's just we have to always cling to that. Like, yeah. I, of all the junk I've done in my past, or right. still today, like I've gotta hope for it. There's hope for me. Yep. And the conversion, continual conversion. What's the uh proverb or whatever, like building your house on sand uh, what is that one where it's like do you know it i don't well i'm not gonna pull out the father brian version yeah knowing it <laughs> but i'm sure everybody versus that's sand uh, versus rock and yeah <laughs> i'm sure everybody that's listening knows what i'm referencing um i will not cite it but it is one of those things where it's hard to like be careful when you're throwing stones mm. and you live in a glass house yeah. type thing of like it's easy to get that and that's where i think fb and i've talked about before too though of like forgiveness and when somebody does do wrong it's extremely difficult to kind of separate forgiveness and not having resentment and any of that kind of stuff um it's a much different path <sighs> i don't know i just want to say go watch the movie and the language is okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make him a bad person. But I mean, you got to be true to who the person was and true to the situation. Yeah. And that comes with language. You can still get to heaven, I think, with using foul language. <laughs> if that's my worst thing, <laughs> yeah. and, and God, you know, if my purgatory is like this immense hill because of my cussing, I think I'll take it. Yeah. You know, if that's my worst thing at the end of the day. Um, yeah. I don't know. Super. It's super interesting. Anna. Anna was there. <laughs> I'd be curious to know if oh, she would let right. Aiden watch it. Uh, Aiden. But yeah, maybe one you want to watch before you 
let the kids watch. But even that, like, I think there is a reality to it. And, um, you know, one thing actually I did want to say about it as well. Like, I think faith-based films have such a risk or shows or whatever of going to the saccharine and making it all like super glossed over. Yep. Nice and holy. And I just feared in this movie that it was, I don't know why I would smart Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson, but just this knee jerk fear of like, Oh gosh, are they going to make it all nicey, nice and saccharine? And to me, that's super unappealing. Yeah. That would be the that's right. opposite. Yep. I take the language over saccharine any day. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm a hundred percent with you. And as you said that too, this is so petty, but like the production value and the mm. actual, like any time I've ever watched any sort of Catholic film, <laughs> you know, the passion being kind of an exception again, but that's yeah. Gibson. Yeah. And when you put that at like the money and the production, and everything behind it, but most of what I watch, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is brutal. <laughs> and I, it is to your point, And also like, it's just bad. Yeah. It is not a good quality on any front. Um, yeah, I don't know. I find it super interesting and hopeful and would be interested on the, I'm sure we'll get comments back, um, which please, I, I definitely would love to dive into that. But yeah, I was so happy you were there because I was like, <laughs> I think Megan and I will be on the same page with this. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was cool too. We turned around, there was a full row of seminarians yes. and it was really awesome. Um, hearing them laugh behind us. Yes. Really loving it was just it made the whole experience so we'll never good. have another experience like that. That's that right. So special. Um, okay. Well, do you have any shout outs? Um, I want to shout out to Brian, my husband. Yes. He has just he's so good to me. That's he's the guy. So, so good to me. I love you, Brian. <laughs> I love it. I love you, Brian, as well. <laughs> um okay, I've got a few real quick. Um, Rosemary, which she, she's been on the podcast. That's the Rosemary I'm referring to president of our lady of Lords. Um, she will also admit she never listens to the podcast this long. So if anybody (laughs) listens to this, let her know about this one, but she is like you, the ride or die. Like she is the homie. Steph always says she's savage, and I I believe Rosemary is savage. She's so firm in her beliefs and who she is, and it's really what has made Lord's school successful. She is just very adamant and knows her vision, and it's so inspiring. Um, and I, being in this position, I've watched her go through a ton of ups and a ton of downs, and criticism and COVID and the response and, and all this stuff. And she has just been absolutely amazing and super inspiring. I joked with her today. I said, you need to go open a Our Lady of Lords in Erie, Colorado, because (laughs) I need that in my life. Um, Then the other guy is Colin Berry. I want to give him a shout out. He Man, ever since he's joined the staff, I've loved him ever b- before. And um, Colin Beth, they're amazing. Um, and the whole Barry clan. And 
since he's joined the staff, he is just such a bundle of joy. You have you share the off yes. office with him, yes, um, Judy and Jason as well. But they, he is just, I don't know, so fun. He is somebody that in his position as director of formate faith for me, I don't know what you call ministry. it, ministry is such a perfect person for yeah. that role because he is so real and connect with people and man, he's done such an amazing job. I think it's a tough role. For sure. Um, you really have to dive into people's faith. He's so warm. So that's engaging, right. So friendly. And dang, he's funny. We laugh every day. So I that's what I'm saying. That. Today I came in the office and I found <laughs> hamburger buns in my desk drawers. And like, I don't know. That's the, you need that in an office environment. Yes. You know, like it's just those little things and he is, yeah, he's a stud. Um, and then Steph, I'll go, I'll follow you. (laughs) FB left Steph out on the who made Lord's Lord's scenario last week, which FB that crushed me a little bit. I think Steph was instrumental in RCIA. Um, I think she did a phenomenal job, but she is my wife. So I will stand by that Rosemary style firm. Um, but yes, and you, you're just a rock star. So those are my shout outs and yeah. Anything else for us? No, I should just add also to Rosemary. She's so convicted. She's so unwavering. It's inspiring to be around that really, truly, that she just knows who she is all the time. Yeah, that's right. Rock. Um, okay. Well, email us rant at lordsdenver.org. Uh, I always want to say dot com. It's oh, the org thing yeah. throws me off. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let us know your thoughts on Father Stu if you have watched it. And thank you for filling in today. Thanks I know you were a little me. nervous, but so that was nervous. awesome. <laughs> My palms have been sweating the whole time. <laughs> All right. This is us signing off.